Are we ready to to jump into this? Wait, I have a question. What's your question? Do you prefer your chair to have wheels oh. or to spin? Both. Both is good. Talking about an office chair because it could do both. Yeah, like I mean, yes, but David was like, I prefer for mine to be on wheels. I don't care if it spins. Yes, okay. Like, I prefer so mine to spin. Okay, so you, you had to choose on one wheels. or the other. Right. Yes. I'd rather have wheels. If it has wheels, it can spin. Well, so I'm thinking the ability the ability to spin means that uh, it can take a turn left and right, <laughs> uh, like I'm doing now. Yeah. And if it can't, that's it's like annoying because it's static, and I will want to like move it and stuff. That's fair. You know what? Okay, actually, that's, that's I think fair. Because right. no offense to you guys, I don't like your chairs, David. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I, which is why, Occam, I have this fancy new office chair that I'm sitting in instead of oh, our table chairs. Look at that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Now, those chairs, we have recorded in those chairs for four years, uh, and they have not gotten any more comfortable. And Carrie's work was throwing out an office chair, and she was like, I'll take it. So now I have this nice, comfortable go. office chair that will awesome. be my new recording chair. And then it sat in my office for three weeks, and we finally brought it home today. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you to my little brother, Caleb, who is the only person in the family who owns a truck now. (laughs) Nice. He made Sunny sit in the back seat. He was like, Sunny carries riding with us. And she's like, okay. And so she got out of the front seat. I was like, you don't have to get out of the front seat. She's like, no, he wants me to get out of the front seat. I was like, why? I don't know. It's like, I'm fully capable of sitting in the back seat. He's just being polite. I know. It's because he's, of, it's he's because such a of your mom. Girl. Yes. Yeah, your mom raised him to be that way. That's why he yes. did it. It's the same reason you don't walk over people at church. Yes. I don't understand it. It's rude. That's too polite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to be singing about Jesus and looking at my butt. <laughs> why not? Show them what God has made um, and was <laughs> happy about, you know? This is the butt. Mm-hmm. This is the butt that the Lord hath made. That the Lord hath made. Oh, oh God! Oh, Look at it bounce. Look at it bounce. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Hello, friends. My name is Penny for a Tale, and you're listening to Tales to Inspire.
Soviet Russia falls. After Hitler seizes Moscow and knocks the Soviet Union out of the war, the remaining allies scramble to prepare their defenses. Will the Fjord move to bring Great Britain to its knees? Or will he turn south to attack the Allies in North Africa? Meanwhile, American High Command begins to question the validity of Operation American Defense. As we open up this issue of Tales to Inspire, we see a little yellow box in the corner of the first panel of this page that reads, Berlin, Germany, August 1943. And in this panel, we see the historical buildings of the Pariser Platz. Their aged facades are choked out behind the blood-red flags of the Nazi regime. We see crowds of people stuffed into the stands that are all pointed towards an execution stage that has been installed in the middle of the plaza. We see a broad-shouldered man with a square face and a thick mustache walked up the steps to his execution. A little yellow box next to this man identifies him as Joseph Stalin, leader of the now-defunct Soviet Union. The executioner places a loop of rope around the dictator's head, while Stalin's gaze is directed up into the crowd. On the balcony of the former U.S. Embassy, we see a gathering of men dressed in fine clothes and military medals. There's an awning that is installed overhead that shades one individual from our view. The shadowy figure lifts out a pale hand and with excruciating slowness points his thumb down. Stalin's mouth falls agape, as even now he believed that the man he once considered a friend would show him mercy. The executioner pulls the lever, but we do not see the body fall. Instead, we see a splash page, as everyone in attendance throws their right hand into the air in the Nazi salute, and they turn their attention towards the man sitting in the shade, Adolf Hitler, the Fuhrer of the Third Reich, and soon-to-be ruler of all of Europe. Meanwhile, we see the feet of Joseph Stalin hanging in the foreground. We turn the page from that scene to see a single battleship situated on the water. There's a yellow box that reads, USS Augusta in the Mediterranean Sea. It is this battleship with radars and guns and turrets, and there are uh, sailors running back and forth across its deck. And then we go into uh, the USS Augusta, or rather, I guess, aboard the USS Augusta. Um, where do we find uh, the four of you? I think omission is um, getting extra food um, by going through it over and over again a couple of times uh, and like okay. stocking up just in case people forget to make sure he's eaten. Um, yeah. So he's just kind of going around over and over again. like. Perfect. So we see, yeah, for, th for that series, we see like uh, three panels and it's just like a line of servicemen going through this line and then in the middle panel we see omission and like the slopper is what whatever is put onto your plate and then a new three panels the same guy putting new food on people's plates and then a right panel is just omission and then next three panels in the middle it's omission again getting another plate yeah. uh like a mustache <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
So omission just bad. stocking up food. Uh, what what about the other three? I think we find uh, Torchbearer up on the deck, kind of off by himself, like the the port bow, just like by a railing, just like his hands down gripping the railing, leaned over, his head hanging low, just taking some time to himself. Who's the next hero we see? I think Sergeant Daniels is maybe like in her the closest thing that she has to private quarters, whatever that looks like. Um, and she's like, kind of like, I guess decompressing a little bit. Um, she's maybe like washing her face. Um, just like kind of in shock with everything that she's seen. Um, but just trying to like psych herself up, like, she's here for a reason she's she knows what she's doing like everything's gonna be okay she's going to represent her mother well like you know just like yeah so are you are you are you voicing any of this like as you're washing your face i think so i think maybe she's doing like um some of the things that they did early on in her like witch training of like meditating on like you are good you can do great things like just all these kind of like um affirmations so she's like repeating the affirmations that she's been taught since she was little okay do you know what those affirmations are you are good (laughs) you can do things okay um you have the you have the power of the sun and you um, you bring uh, the magic of the summer to life always like it lives within you mm-hmm. yeah so we and you're like in your oversized fatigues that Sergeant Daniels wears and you're like looking into a mirror saying this stuff and the uh, the door kicks open and we see a shirtless sailor walk in with like a sh- towel over his shoulder and like uh, some shaving cream in one hand a razor in the other uh, and like what? how do you react to this person coming in? I'm trying to think of a line from Mulan where she's like hey, I'm a man too like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. nothing to see here just a fellow man <laughs> right like, you just she's like and the power like the power of the sun is in you. <laughs> and Unleash I the power of the sun. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> and she like flexes in the mirror. Oh hey. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> this this man <laughs> looks down at you and then looks back in the mirror and like lathers his chin and cheeks up and starts shaving. And we have like these awkward few panels where we see the man like shaving in the mirror and sister solstice is just like barely in view of the mirror like we can see her little helmet that's awkwardly sitting on her head askew like just a couple panels as he shaves and then he wipes his face off and then he walks out leaving sister solstice alone back in the space (sighs) 
And she has to start them all over because she didn't get to go through them. Okay. She didn't get to finish them, so she, like, started to work. Yeah. Uh, and then where do we find the, the last hero? Um, so one, fall, one final question, sorry. Yeah. If I just, like, opened the canister, what does it look like inside? Like, is there, like, powder, liquid, something in it? What is it? Yes, so inside uh it's pure energy. It is pure contained energy. It's like a ethereal wisps of light. Gotcha. You have to okay. use the scientific method of f- around find out. <laughs> and that's exactly what Dr. Fusion is doing when we find him. He has like a setup small mobile lab just like it's like a briefcase that he just like has open and has like a uh, like a uh, a Bunsen burner and like a test tube set up and like all kinds of stuff. Um, and you just see like this glass vial with that wisp just kind of floating in it. Um, and he's like looking at it through like a, a little lens and like making notes and trying to figure out what this is. And what it's being used for. He's looking over the blueprints that he drew out at the end of the episode. uh, Or at the end of the mission. And uh, trying to figure out exactly what it is that they're doing. Okay, so Dr. Fusion, do you want to make a roll for this? Sure. Okay, let's go ahead. Uh, Let's roll and examine. So roll uh, 2d6 plus your investigate. Okay, and my investigate is my strongest stat. I have a plus two. Nice. And that is a nine. A nine. Okay, so on a seventh or nine, you get to ask one of those questions. Which one do you ask? I guess what here is useful or important is the most valid or valuable answer, I think. What here is useful or important? Okay, so... This uh, this canister that you were looking at, uh, it you have not opened it yet because through your examinations, there's like a little viewport uh, that we can see inside, and it there is no true matter to this thing. It is just contained energy, energy that you know nothing about. Uh, it is just ethereal wisps of blue light specks of violet floating through it an occasional green like the aurora borealis contained inside of this steel and glass container Uh, and you're looking at it trying to figure out what it is and what exactly is being used for Uh, so what here is useful or important Um, whatever this energy source is it is unlike anything that you have found in your years practicing science. It is completely foreign to you. And from the blueprints that you've been looking at, these blueprints of super weapons, of uh, tanks that are the size of three-story buildings, of bombers that can... Uh, go across from Europe to America without having to stop and refuel. Uh, this railgun that can fire a ballistic uh, or a ballistic a bullet uh, miles 
from its chamber. These weapons that cannot exist, but apparently this energy source would make it able for all of these things to be built. Now, how much energy is needed to do these things, you're not sure. But whatever this energy is, it is potent enough to make these weapons a reality. Okay. On the blueprints, Mm -hmm. is there any information about what kind of delivery system is required to utilize this energy? Like, Um, how it is taken from the canisters and utilized? Sure, sure. In typical science fiction fashion, uh, it sockets into this thing, and then they rotate it right, and it clicks with a chunk, and then the energy flows into this pipeline, and it grows a bright blue as it goes into the fuel. Okay. Well, then, if if you'll allow it, I would like uh, Dr. Fusion to have begun work on creating a one of these like sockets to, to, to begin testing. Okay. And I think that could, that full experimentation process could definitely be played out with uh, a downtime or some downtime moves, depending on what, what all goes along with it. But yes, I think right now, I think you're like in a theoretical planning stage. So you have yep. like, some paper of your own and you started sketching it out cool all right so the four of you are in your separate locations um and one by one we see that you are each visited by a a private uh basically a cabin boy for general Patton. uh he comes to each of you and tells you general Patton would like to see all of you in the forward cabin. Okay. Oh yeah, I guess omission. <laughs> he, you just see this private walking around like I uh, there's someone I'm supposed to be looking for but I have no idea what they look it's probably like. Probably me. Oh Jesus. <laughs> are are you one of the supers? Yeah. Uh general General Patton would like to see you immediately. Thanks. He'll pat him on the shoulder and head on out. <laughs> yeah. It's a, we, we turn the page, and we see the four of you kind of uh, coming together outside of General Patton's cabin. There's, like, the typical bulwark door with, like, the little uh, circular, what's that called, valve that you have to turn to open the door... Um, to go in, uh, do you, do you say anything? Do you share any looks uh, as the four of you all come together? Uh, it has been a, a, about a week since the invasion of Sicily, um, the the failed invasion of Sicily, where tensions were high uh, and things were said, and I mean objectives were failed. Um, and Doctor Fusion, you weren't there for any of it. Uh, you were off in Europe doing your own thing. Has it been about a week since I got back, too? Uh, let's say you got back, like, three days ago. Okay. Well, as we're entering the room, Dr. Fusion nearly walks into the wall, because 
he just has a clipboard and is co- like continually writing and like sketching out something as he's walking around as he's walking to this meeting. Um, are you okay? I, I am fine. Are you sure? Because you almost ran into a wall. I have a lot on my mind. There is a lot of strange things happening. Is that why you were absent during the whole Ubermensch fight? We were told that there was something weird happening and we were sent to find it out. Um, And did it work out? Was it worth it? A lot of supers died. As of right now, I don't know. But I hope so. Well, it sounds like it wasn't worth it. In any case, um, they're having funerals this coming week, so maybe you should uh, pay your respects to the people who died, because I don't know. I guess we'll find out what they died for. Paying respects is not something that I am interested in. I don't think it's for you. It will not be good for me to be there. I will be better served making this discovery worthwhile. Mm. Well, make it worthwhile. A lot of people died. It is a war. A lot of people die every day. We can talk about this later. Patton wants to see us. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do this. Torchbearers turn the dial and open the door for everybody. Yeah, so as we have a panel of the door, like, opening, and we see the wispy tail of a comment uh, bubble come out, uh, and before y'all even come in, you can hear Patton's voice. Done with it! I don't care how many there are. I'm done with it. And then the next panel, uh, we see uh, Henry Richter Hives. Nope. Henry Hives Richter. Hives is not his last name. uh, Is in a... uh, He's talking, or rather, arguing with General Patton. Um, Hives says, The president hand-selected this team for these missions. You need to. I don't need to do anything except win this war. And you know what? These lousy dames and these boys running around in their underpants, they ain't going to win this war for us. And then I think they turn and look and they see the four of you standing in the open doorway. Uh, Hello. I was just talking to uh, the general about how... You can best be used going forward in the war effort. Yes, and I was just telling the sergeant that I don't need you. You have not progressed this war effort at all since you got here. You might have helped us punch through the Kasserine Pass, but we probably could have done that ourselves. You didn't help us take the island. So I'm starting to wonder... (laughs) I'm turning into... What's the dude that does all the Toy Story songs? <laughs> Bradley Newman. Oh, oh God, a friend in me. <laughs> do 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 do. 
You have failed this country. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, so I'm starting to wonder exactly why you're here, unless you're supposed to be some sort of publicity stunt, so he can run for a fourth term. I can assure you, General, ever since we've come off that plane and landed in Africa, me and this team have done everything in our power to help soldiers on the ground, planes in the air, even our fellow heroes. It it hasn't been easy. You know that. All we can do is keep trying our best. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, people shouldn't blame their tools if they don't know how to use them right. From the sound of the situation in Sicily, you will need us now more than ever. Listen. No offense to any of you, but I didn't want you, and I never really needed you. How is that not supposed to be offensive? Delano sent you here as some sort of experiment, and I don't know much about science, but I would say this experiment has failed. Again, how is that not supposed to be offensive? (laughs) He said he was sending me seven heroes. One of you... I, I don't know where the hell you go. The other one of you, he points at Sister Solstice, is a kid wearing a man's uniform. The third one we've had to ship back to the States because she's in a full body cast. Sister Solstice crosses her arms when he says that to her. Who you call a kid? <laughs> she says under her breath. She stands up a little straighter. General Patton, you've made it very clear that you want nothing to do with us. Maybe this whole thing is a publicity stunt, some kind of experiment. It really doesn't matter if you need us. Everywhere I look, I see soldiers... I see civilians just pleading for someone to help. I know we haven't, I know we haven't, we don't see eye to eye. What we've done so far hasn't been great. This has been far more difficult than any of us could have imagined. Those soldiers, and those civilians asking for our help. They're the ones that we're here for. They're the ones that need us. That's what I intend to do. We could assassinate Hitler for you. I would love to see you try. All right, that's our mission. So can we leave now? Yeah, sure. And don't mind coming back. Got it. Do the four of you leave? Yeah, Torchbearer leave. 
Sister Solstice leaves. Um, Dr. Fusion leaves last, but before he does, he looks up from his clipboard at the general. I do not take you as a learned man, but without us, more people will die. It's just simple mathematics. Uh, and Hives follows you out into the hallway. And he says, That guy's committing the biggest boner of his life. Listen, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, we all just found out today that British High Command has called back Montgomery and a lot of the troops in India and Burma back to Great Britain to prepare for an impending invasion. Um, basically... Patton just found out today that he's going to be holding Africa all on his own. And uh, I guess he's not taking it well. He looks at omission. Were you serious about assassinating Hitler? If there's anyone who can do the impossible, it sounds like us. I mean, hell, if you can do it, do it, but doesn't let his lapdog go very far off the leash. Seeing him so far south in Sicily, I mean, that, that was a surprise. None of us expected that. He must have been pretty desperate to keep us off Europe. Yeah. We'll make him pay. Killing Hitler will not end this war. Another will just step up and take his place. Yeah, but it'll be a big hit to their morale. May have a point. Well, I guess the general has made it clear that Operation American Defense is not welcome aboard this ship or under his command any longer. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, fellas. I, I'm at a loss of what to do. I mean, I guess the war in Europe isn't the only war. Uh, we got boys fighting over in the Pacific. And yeah, we're here. We might as well just see it through. Do what we can. We act under the orders of the President of the United States. Not General Patton. That's true. That's true. Um, I guess let me let me get a wire to... Frankie going and uh, I, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll I'll find you, uh, or you'll find me. Um, and then he walks off, uh, leaving the four of you in the the lower decks of the USS Augusta together. What did the four of you do? Hello, friends, and welcome 
to the mid-roll section of Season 1, Episode 9 of Tales to Inspire. I am your editor-in-chief, your host, your dashing dabonair daddy, David White. I hope that you are all enjoying this episode. We just have a little bit of housekeeping stuff to do before we get back to this episode. As you know, we are a show that is completely funded by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. And right now, we have fallen below one of our very important goals. We have fallen below our $400 a month goal. And at $400 a month, I can afford to consistently pay our performers $5 for each hour we spend recording. Now, I would eventually love to give more than this to our performers for their wonderful talents, but alas, this is where we are, and right now I am still paying our performers for every episode that we record, but we're starting to run out of money, because once again, we are below that $400 a month goal. So if you like our show, please click the link below, go to our Patreon, and give any amount that you can. $1, $2, and $5. They may not seem like a lot, but they will help us out a lot. So if you like our show, if you like the voices and these characters and the wonderful work that we do here at the Misconceptions Podcast Network, please click that link and give any amount that you can. Uh, Just to break down some of our levels a little bit, uh, if you pledge $2 a month, I'll give you a little shout out here in this show notes section. And I I just love doing shout outs because I always get names that are very easy to pronounce and I don't make a fool of myself when I'm shouting you out. But I mean, that's that's part of the fun of it, right? that's, That's the fun part. At $5 a month, you will get early access to our Tales to Inspire episodes before they are released to the general public. Now, I will admit, I have fallen behind my schedule because I wanted to release two patron episodes for every public episode. But episodes 12 and 13 were an absolute beast to edit and so I have unfortunately fallen behind that goal. However, patrons are still ahead of the public. So if you would like to listen to these episodes earlier than anybody else, if you just want more tales to inspire action, please click the link below. Give $5 a month and you'll be able to listen to episodes 1 all the way through 12 right now and you'll also get to listen to our session zero which wasn't released publicly but it had us discussing a lot of plot points uh, a lot of character moments and things like that so if you like these characters you want to know kind of the background of what went into making them and uh, how they have grown since then uh, pledge five dollars a month and you could go back and you could find that session zero for tales to inspire and you know what who who doesn't love geiger gwen raise your hand raise your hand wow Nobody's raising their hand. Everybody loves Geiger Gwynn. Well, I mean, that's not a surprise. Christy is a tremendous player, and Geiger Gwynn is a fantastic character. Uh, and, oh, hey, what's this? I'm, I'm being told right now that, oh, hey, get this, guys. Uh, everyone who loves Geiger Gwynn, we have a shirt for you. We have released on our misconceptionspod.com slash shop. 
a Geiger Gwyn not even phased t-shirt. It's really cool. It comes in a lilac color or you can choose to get like an icy blue or a heather orange or uh, there, there are these different really cool colors, but it's really cool. I'll try to describe it for you. So come with me to my mental design palace. It has Geiger Gwyn. And she's like phasing out of the shirt. Ooh, she's so cool. She's so sexy. She's so badass. And then behind her is this art deco text that says in three lines, very big words, not even phased. Did you get tingles? Did you get a little goosebumps? I hope you did because it's an awesome shirt. And if you go to our store right now, you can order one and it will be printed and shipped to you very, very quickly. Uh, so if you want to support our show that way, please go to our merch store and buy some of our cool merch. And that is all the cool information I have for you this week. Let's get back to the episode. Let's see what is Operation American Defense going to do now that they've been removed from the military. Let's listen on and find out. doesn't mean that the game's over. No, but it's a pretty impactful move. Perhaps, but... When you look at a move like that, there's no coming back from it. If we... go down there and... kill a man to... prove a point... It's not to prove a point. It's to help win a war. Who does that make us? Heroes. I don't think so. 
I think history will show itself and we'll be heroes. We'll help out, do something good. I'm not so easily convinced that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth is the right choice. Sister Solstice, where are you during this conversation? I'm standing nearby where I can hear them and I'm like listening to both sides and like trying to figure out like because like each time one of them says something I'm like yeah oh wait Mm -hmm. yeah and so she's just like really like torn because she's just like not sure what the right thing is so she's Mm -hmm. like getting pumped up and then like she hears um torchbearer and she's like oh but that makes sense too and like Mm -hmm. oh that sounds like what my mother would say but at the same time like omission has good points and like her like teenager voice like voice is like yeah like let's go kill hitler Mm -hmm. but then she's like but that's not what i'm about like that's not what my summer coven is about like Mm. and so i'm like what is the right thing and then it's like is there a right thing and so like i'm kind of having like a uh what's the word uh identity crisis no uh, <laughs> crisis on infinite earths no final crisis infinity no. crisis world world war crisis too uh Crisis core. Final Fantasy Seven Advent <laughs> Crisis. No, it doesn't have the word crisis in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I thought this was a DC comic. I'm sorry. Um, uh, internal conflict, I guess. Conflicted. It's not internally conflicted. Maybe. Mondays. It's not quite it. A either. dilemma. I don't know. Conundrum. Maybe. <laughs> Mondays. Okay. Anyways, sure. An internal conflict. <laughs> okay and i think i think the way the author the author the artist is drawing these panels is omission on one side torchbearer on the other and like sister solstice in the middle looking back and forth between each of them and like we can see the reactions on her faces when omission's talking like yeah like a face of determination and then looking at torchbearer like a face of contemplation like oh yeah that's true too uh, so just like back and forth mm-hmm. and your head they like draw your head with like the little like one like the phased out head is over here but like there's the turning lines as your face goes back and forth between the two okay yeah but uh, anyways this this conversation continues forever <laughs> forever the next forever. 20 episodes <laughs> yeah the finale we finally figure it out <laughs> the war is over. 1949. 1949. Uh, the war's been over for five years. <laughs> Yay, we win. It's See, we did it, guys. <laughs> we did it. Um, okay, so uh, is there a final word said, or do we just see the two of you walking away from each other? Uh, how, how does this conversation resolve? Or does it resolve? Look, if you want to do something, I know what to do. If not, I don't know, I guess continue trying to play hero. I'm out. And does Omission walk away? Yeah, Omission. Okay. Walks away. Torchbearer's kind of runs his hands over his face and through his hair. 
deep breaths, trying not to, trying to keep this cool and not lose it. Dr. Fusion is going to follow a mission, keeping an eye on him so he doesn't forget. Okay. Uh, sneakily? No. Okay. Dr. Fusion, you're following a mission. Which one of you is the first to say something? And, like, Omission is starting to get, like, his equipment and everything. It's guns and grenades and food. Dr. Fusion, like, just stands and watches him for a moment. You have a bloodthirst. Yeah. That can be useful, but... In a game of chess, you do not go after the king first. That is only way to end up trapped and defeated. This isn't chess. This is war. War is chess. Well, it's not. It's not one player versus another player. You don't get to pack up the pieces and go home afterwards. No. You bury the pieces and go home afterwards. I think we play chess very differently. Look, my skill set is better for this. And maybe that's why things haven't been going well, as I've been trying to play it like you guys have. I'm better to just be forgotten. I am not saying that you are wrong. I am simply saying that going after Hitler first is not the move. Before you take the king... You take the pawns. You take the queen. We must find and defeat Hitler's queen. We could do that on the way to Hitler. I'm just tired of doing nothing. I'm not going to twiddle my thumbs here in this little place. I'm better out there. So I'm going to do what I can. If they're not going to give us orders, I'm going to do what I think is right. That is the end goal, yes. But you cannot move brashly think. I'm not moving brashly. I'm going to be very cautious and careful as I move across Europe. What are you going to do? I'm going to find out what their, what their overarching plans are, and I'm going to stop them. They're using my research. The explosion at my lab many years ago was not an accident. They stole my research. They are using my research. I will stop them. Let's do it together. We can find out where... We can. We can do it together. With the rest of the crew. We'll get them on board. You're the charismatic one. I'm the only one packing up to leave. Leaving right this second is not an option. I think it is. I was just going to take a boat and head on out. Look, they don't care what we do. So let's just do do something that matters. And we will. But we have to get everyone else on board. Alright, I will prepare everything. You get everyone else on board. That's your skill set. You clearly do not know me very well. 
<laughs> yeah, you're the charismatic one. <laughs> Good. Doc, we see we see a full panel of like Doctor Fusion, like a readout of his powers, and like <laughs> all like all these lines pointing to different parts of his body, like nuclear fission, super smart boots and make him run real fast, and then like a line pointing <laughs> to his heart, not charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. Peak peak human intelligence. <laughs> peak <Yes>. human intelligence. <laughs> Not Z- charismatic. Zero charisma. <laughs> I believe in you. Remember, if you fail, a lot of people will die. Very well. No pressure. Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna give him some biscuits. I will go speak to Torchbearer. So we turn the page from that scene. And the little yellow box in the corner of this first panel reads, A few days later, dot dot dot. The, the panel itself is of a telegraph laying on a table. The telegraph reads as follows. Harrows, I know our initial endeavor into ending this war has not been as successful as I originally thought and hoped it would be. General Patton has voiced his concerns with this project, but I am unwilling to surrender it as of yet. If General Patton will not see the worth of this endeavor, perhaps General MacArthur in the Pacific will. I will begin negotiations with the General to determine the best way to insert you into that war front. Until that time, General Patton has made it clear that you are not welcome under his command any more. So I do request your presence back in the United States until a plan for the Pacific can be reached. Stay well, stay hearty. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The next panel pans up from that table with the telegraph on it to see you all standing with hives. Uh, Sergeant Richter, give our team a moment, would you? Of course. And he leaves the room. Torchbearer. Yeah, Doc. You know this, but omission is hellbent on his goal. Yeah. He, he sure is. His methods are not intelligent, but I do not disagree with his outlook. I gotta say, Doc, I, I do. I don't, I don't see what's to be gained from it. It's, sure, it's, it could end the war, but it just, it doesn't feel right. I'm, I'm all for making Hitler pay for what he's done. Holding him accountable for these atrocities. I think if we go in there, we'll just be making ourselves a monster to kill a monster. I don't like that. That doesn't sit right with me. I do not wish to become a monster either. But that is why you were put on this team. You are here to keep the rest of us human. I'm really trying. Uh, You hear uh, 
the president is thinking about sending us to Japan. We can't go that way. Our mission will never agree. We need to stay together. I say we link up with British intelligence. It is closer to the core of the war. We can do our own reconnaissance, find our own answers, make our own moves off the grid and out of the prying eyes of politicians. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, it does sound like Britain's getting ready for some nasty business. But you must be with us. You are our moral center. I'm... I'm here to help this team. I'll... I'll do whatever you need me to do. Within reason. We will have to do some things that you will probably not agree with. Morality is gray in times of war. Yeah, things have been... We've seen a lot of gray since we've been here. I just... I want you to know, Doc, uh, you're... You're real good with all this science, and... You're a smart guy. I just need you to know that there's there's always a choice. And sometimes the harder choice is the right one. On that we can't agree. Child, you're with us, yes? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you sure you're okay with this? What they're planning to do, sister? Well, I mean, I'm 13, so I'm not really sure of anything, but <laughs> I say we go for it. <laughs> not gonna lie, Torchbearer gets a look of, uh, what a disappointment, and Ooh. nods his head <laughs> and turns to to walk off be by himself. Torchbearer, with, with that little tidbit of information you gave us, do you advance your bond clock with Sister Solstice by one wedge? Ooh. Perhaps I do. Oof, okay. I think I'm advancing it. I think this is everybody's bond is suffering right now. <laughs> fair. That's that's fair. So as Torchbearer walks away from this conversation, we turn the page to see Sergeant Richter walking back into the room. He claps his hands together and exclaims, The Deep Sea Dame is on her way to pick us up and take us back to the States. Whenever you're ready, we can... But he suddenly cuts off as he sees the room is empty. On the table is the telegraph, with another piece of paper laid on top of it. Written in a hasty hand are the words, Tell the President we are going to kill Hitler. Then, in the next panel, we see the night sky overhead, with a single lifeboat making its way across the Mediterranean Sea and away from the USS Augusta.
Its prow pointed like a dagger towards the heart of Europe. End of episode. Yes! <laughs> yeah! Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Our next episode will be released on October 17th. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you'd like to contact us that way, you can email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content, please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on fiverr.com slash iam underscore w-a-k-e. Omission was played by Mitchell Wallace, who can be found at Mitch Bustillos on Twitter. Torchbearer was played by Phil Montgomery, who can be found at BMC Philanthropy on Twitter. Dr. Fusion was played by Occam Razor, who can be found at Occam Sockam Robo on Twitter. Sister Solstice was played by Carrie White, who hates Twitter and refuses to get one. And I'm David White, your editor-in-chief. You can find me at Mr. Banana Socks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing, featuring elements from the Avatar Legends role-playing game and Masks a New Generation role-playing game, both by Magpie Games. Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening, and keep it nerdy, y'all.